Welcome back to the Calvary Tabernacle Podcast. I am Andrew Emerson, your host, and today I have another episode for you, part two of Becoming a Successful Assistant. If you haven't already listened to part one, go do that. Today is going to be nuts and bolts of becoming a successful assistant and really helping a pastor. So if you're a minister, if you're a leader in your church, or if you're even a pastor, pull out a notepad and a pen. This is going to be valuable to you, and I know you're going to enjoy it. Here we go, part two, becoming a successful assistant from Pastor Carl Vickery. You'll hear from me on the back end of this episode. Number two, well, this is tough because some of you don't really probably want to do this, but I'm going to help you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm able to teach this now from an area of success. You could talk to any senior minister that I've worked for and they would hire me back. Okay? That means something. Not bragging. Okay, I just want you to know where I'm coming from. All right? Quote your head as often as possible. Now, this is where it's going to get a little nitty-gritty. You are actually an ambassador representing him or her. Jesus is supposed to be the most important person in the church and not the pastor. He must be magnified and not anyone else, right? But he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, and we know that was talking about Calvary, I will draw all men unto me. However, there is a certain respect and admiration that you must. Somebody say must. This is not optional. Please hear me. You must have for your head. All right? Do not use your pasture as an illustration of a bad example. I had this written before last night. I told you I was going to laugh. You must speak of your head as someone to be admired and followed. In every institution, a particular person must be more prominent, understand, and that is the head. I know we don't like dealing with this, okay, and that's why I want to bring it because so many of you, here's what happens, okay, and I'm, I'm a pastor, I want you to know the truth. You get out of Bible college and you bounce around three or four times learning everything the hard way before you land somewhere. And ten years down the road, finally somebody says, well, that's a good assistant. But you're over there, you know, in a sling in one arm and two black eyes and a one snaggle tooth hanging out. And, and it's like, yeah, but you don't know what I've been through. <laughs> I'm trying to save you. from. You could step out of Bible college and your first job, everybody's saying, now there's somebody that's got it together. If more than one person is prominent, you're going to have a situation where there's two heads. A freak. Even the Bible says anything with two heads is a freak. Make mention of the fact that what you're doing is being done on behalf of the head. This makes it clear that there are not two heads, but only one. In our church, there's a famous saying, pastor said. <laughs> you put those two words at the beginning of any sentence and it all of a sudden becomes okay. Yeah. Being honest. If they're true, at least. I was talking to Brother Andrew this week and we were just talking. Actually, wasn't nothing major. Nothing happened. I wouldn't give anybody no room for it. Nothing like that. We were literally just kind of talking in my office and kind of shooting the bull before the day ended. 
And I, we was just talking, and somehow hospital calls got in. And, and I remember my first hospital call. It went something like this. How are you doing, Brother Rob? Oh, I just had a burden for you this morning. And the Lord woke me up in prayer for you. And I just knew I had to come by the hospital and pray for you. Oh, you didn't know I was having surgery? No, an angel from heaven came down and, and woke me up and told me. I, so when I got to checking, I knew, found out you was in the hospital and had open heart surgery. And I just wanted to check on you. You know, I didn't go exactly like that, but that's kind of how we present it. When really what happened was pastor said, hey, I'm out of town. Can you go check on Brother Rob? He had heart surgery this morning, and I'm at the other hospital. Would you mind stopping by there for me and letting him know that I would be there as soon as I can? So it should have went something like this. Hey, Brother Rob, pastor sent me by here. He is really concerned. He's just at another situation that he couldn't pull away from, and he will be here as soon as he can, but he asked me to come and make sure that you're okay. You see the difference? But not when there's two heads or one assistant striving to be one of the heads. i got to hurry. This is tough because I want you to understand you need to know this before. Don't go to a place to assist for a paycheck. If you don't, number three is this, greatly or genuinely, maybe a better word, genuinely admire your pastor or leader in this case and praise them often. See, that's different than saying, well, they, you know, this church pays the most. I got, I got bills to pay. I don't care if the guy, if I like the guy or not. <laughs> you know? You ever wonder why you see some guy that could be, you know, so much better, so much greater, so much more, but he's like, no, I like it here. Why? Because I love that man right there. Because I admire his position in my life. If you don't admire your senior leader, then you should not be working with them in the first place. You're just going to cause trouble. Don't go to work for someone that you really, you know, you don't really like. And I, I wish we could say we liked everybody. I know we love everybody, but we don't like everybody. There's some people you don't admire. Let me put it there. There's some people you will not let speak in your life, and you know you won't. And you know what? That's okay. But don't go work for them. Don't go minister for them. Genuinely admire the person. Because if you think your head, I'm going to be honest with you, one of the most frustrating things as a pastor is for a wife to say, my husband's an idiot. Now, it's popular in our society. But how many of you know what I'm talking about where the wife acts like the husband's a dingbat? You know, he's the goofball of the home, and she's the smart one. How's that work out? It's a constant battle of heads. All right? I've seen ministers do the same thing. Does that make sense? If you don't like, if you know you're going to be the assistant music director, and you don't like the head music director, don't go. You're just going to look bad. Because let me tell you what that pastor's going to do. She's been there 40 years. You've been there six months. He's going to pick her side. Does that make sense? Let me tell you what those people are going to do. Well, we followed her. We, we, she's been here the longest. She had never let us wrong. 
You know, and you come in with your new 11-page contract of how you want to run the choir and how she don't know what she's doing, I assure you it's not going to turn out like you think. All right? I'm hurrying. If you're a good assistant, you'll see the wisdom in the decisions that your head takes. You'll look for them. See, it took a lot for me to look and not be like, oh, ignorant cop, license plate, give me a break. Now you got to look past that. What if I'd have been an axe murderer? What if I'd have kidnapped a child? He may have stopped it simply by doing his job. Because it is against the law in Texas, not Louisiana, to not have a front license plate. There's wisdom in that. You will admire the way they preach and the revelation they bring forth, the way they pick songs, the way they sing. A bad assistant is full of contempt, all right, for all that his head does. You receive the best from people you admire. And that's the secret of a double portion anointing. I know we preach it all kinds of ways and we expect some magical mantle to come floating down and I'll get all that. But we don't like the part that Elijah, Elisha didn't know none of that was going to happen. He just had such respect for Elijah that he said, I'll pour water on his hands. Does that make sense? I just, I just like being around the guy. I mean, wouldn't it be a pain to work for somebody that you don't even like being around? I can tell you, I don't want an assistant that don't like me. And I've got things that you might not like. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying I don't want to hire you. Does that make sense? Number four, introduce your pastor in an exciting way and make positive or complimentary remarks about everything that he's preached or done or said. All right? Make statements like, I was really blessed today by that message, or that message was timely. You don't really want to make statements like, all right, guys, we're glad to have our pastor today. Let's pray he don't go too long. <laughs> you know, cowboys are playing. I got <laughs> pastor, help us. Right? You may think that's funny and innocent, but it's hurting you. Because when promotion time comes, you think you're going to be in line? All right? A loyal assistant is full of genuine, and that's the key, genuine public compliments for the person that leads him. I mean, do you realize how dumb you look if you're following a guy or pretending to follow a guy that you really are not letting lead you, you don't like? I mean, it never worked. Read your Bible. It never works out like you think. <laughs> Does that make sense? You just, it's like, well, why are you here? All right. Number five, announce the visit or arrival of your leader with excitement. All right. Some of these are simple. But be excited. When I walk into my youth group, I don't want my youth pastor going, oh, God, everybody pay attention. There's pastor. Be on your best behavior. Watch out. 
No, I want them saying, hey, there's pastor. Come on, ain't we glad to have our pastor tonight? You see the difference? Why? Because one day I'm going to be their pastor, so to speak. I know you're their youth pastor now, but they're going to grow up if God tarries. What kind of relationship are we going to have? That's the role of an assistant, right? I'll keep going. But be excited. If you're not excited, it makes, it, it makes them wonder why not. Number six, do not become the receiver of complaints. When somebody in my own church tells me, all these people keep bringing this stuff to me, my first question is why? Why do they keep bringing it to you? Let people know that if they want to grumble and criticize, they've come to the wrong person. And do this with a vengeance. I'd have. All right? I'll never forget one of my senior pastors one time bought a brand new Cadillac CTS, one of those SUV things, or XTS, whatever it was, one of those SUV things that somebody just said, man, must be nice, huh? Looks like I need to become a pastor. Real quick, I said, you wouldn't make it first of all, but second of all, you don't know the whole story. I'm just glad God blessed our pastor. He deserves it for all the work he put in. You know what they did? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let them know, don't bring that here. I wasn't ugly or rude, but don't bring that here. All right? Think about it. If your office is the center for discussion of the shortcomings of your pastor or leader, then surely you're becoming more like Absalom than David or Solomon. It takes, and please remember this, it takes a certain evil spirit for people to have enough confidence to bring you all their accusations. Unity, watch this, begins with the most senior assistant and flows downward. Some of you guys at your first role will be an assistant pastor. You're the key to unity in that church. Some of you ladies at your role will be assistant pastor or assistant music or whatever. Or maybe you'll step in and be the main music person. You're a key to unity in that church. Number seven, you must find genuine excuses for any lapses in your head. Let's face it, we're not all perfect. The person you work for will have flaws. I'm not denying that. All right? I am not denying that. I mean, Brother Rob told us last night that he put an alarm on his phone just because somebody, I thought, my God. <laughs> now everybody's going to wonder, hey, was that an alarm? Or, yeah, don't do me like that. Uh-uh. No. You know? We all have flaws, right? Your senior pastor is going to have flaws. All right? As an assistant, it's your job to make sure that those flaws look as best they can. Well, this is going to get careful. Watch me. Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's always right. And your senior pastor is no different. 
It's your duty as a good assistant to defend and protect, watch this, the developing ministry of your pastor. I was 28 years old when I took, became senior pastor of this church. Do you think that I had it all together at 28? No. I made my share of mistakes. My ministry, I'm 41 now. My ministry still developing. And as an assistant, you need to know that. For example, if the head is late for an appointment or important function, a good assistant should give a, a suitable explanation for the slaps. You must emphasize that something must have happened to hold him up. All right? If you make sarcastic remarks like, he's always late anyways, we might as well get started. Be careful. Or he's probably sleeping as usual. I had, I had that happen to me one time. They said, Pastor, I, I, I'm kind of honest. I don't mind telling you. You call me at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm asleep. I mean, hot bidding some angels knocked me on the door and said, hey, come pray. I'm, I'm sleeping. Now, when I was your age, my pastors, the people that trained me, said, don't ever act like you're asleep. People call your house at 3 in the morning, you're supposed to be, shake your sleep. This is what they tell them, wash your face off. Hello? Pastor, are you sleeping? No. You know. What do you need, sister, always calls at 3 in the morning? <laughs> You know, but the truth is, I, I slept one, and anybody that knows me, I really don't sleep in, but this one morning, I slept in, and my assistant, uh, I, I, I did, I sent him a little text message, and I said, hey guys, uh, I'm going to be a little late this morning, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having to sleep some things off, sleep it off a little bit, and get some extra rest. So, my assistant went around telling people that, that I slept till 10. Now, it happened one morning, I won't lie to you, but what he didn't tell them, is the morning it happened, I dealt with a car wreck until 6.30 that morning, didn't get home till 7. And I said, I'm gonna lay down for a couple hours because it's Wednesday night and I gotta preach tonight and I just need a couple hours of sleep. He didn't tell him that part. For a little while there, people thought I slept till 10 o'clock, which is so not <laughs> the truth. People that want to believe it, guess who they're going to believe? See, this is why an assistant's role is so important. Number eight, whenever your senior pastor is unable to attend a function, you must inform the party's concern that he had intended to be there himself but could not make it because of an important reason. All right? Don't ever say, oh, I don't know why he didn't come to the hospital to visit you. Who knows what he was doing? All right. I don't know why he didn't make the birthday party. I guess he don't love your child like I do. All right. Number nine, always remind the congregation that you're not the main pastor. Well, that sounds tough, don't it? I'm trying to help you guys, I promise, and I'm hurrying. When people praise you and are very impressed with your ministry, you must be able to tell them happily that there is someone above you. Notice what John the Baptist did when people were so pleased with his ministry. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I am not the Christ. I'm just the one sent to prepare the way. 
If you're not willing to let others know that there is someone more senior to you, then something's wrong with your loyalty. Something's wrong with your spirit. Number 10, the good assistant tells his admiring congregation where he learned all that he knows. All right? Jesus often said, the son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the father do. And assistance the same way. Oh, pastor's taught me good. Oh, I tell you, if it wasn't for pastor, I couldn't. I, I just wouldn't even be where I'm at. What are you doing? You're securing his future and yours and creating unity in the church. I know this is tough because this ain't, this ain't rocking and rolling. We're not jumping and shouting like last night. But I promise you, you can be successful if you'll listen to me. I know this ain't the funnest lesson. Matter of fact, I prayed hard if I even wanted to do this. I could bring something cool and pull out a rabbit out of my hat. But the reality of it is, what are you going to do? Because I promise you, Brother Rob, it'll happen. What do you think about Pastor? I think he ain't preaching like he used to. Something seems like he's losing it. But you, now, bro, you're tearing, you could be the next pastor of this church. You're tearing it up. How are you going to handle that? It's going to happen. Brother Andrew, man, I tell you what, you preach just as good as pastor any day of the week. We ain't got to hear pastor. You can just hear you. It will happen. You know, pastor probably just got through at a meeting about tithing with them, so they don't like him right now. <laughs> They're looking for anybody to preach something else besides tithing. All right? When you minister in the church, let members know that what you're doing is actually being done on behalf of your head and not on your own behalf. Think about it. When we say in the name of Jesus, it makes people know that we're acting on behalf of Jesus. Right? That's really the only time we should really use that. We're acting, praying, operating on behalf of Jesus. So if you have a senior and you're operating as an assistant, why are you doing your own thing? Why aren't you saying, Pastor said? Not in a negative way. Hey, Pastor would like. Hey, guys. Pastor's wishes are not, hey guys, this ain't me. This is all pastor. I wouldn't make y'all do this, but you know how pastor is. That's not the same. All right? Number 12, be genuinely happy at the promotion of your pastor. Boy, this is a tough one. Because you're an assistant barely putting bread on your table. And your senior pastor will buy a new bass boat. Right after telling you he can't give you a raise. How are you going to handle that? My first full-time position, I don't mind telling you, I was making $238.80 a week. My wife was about to have a baby, and I said, could we at least get some health insurance? Just something to help us out with this. Man, we just can't afford it, bro. We just... Man, we're maxed out right now. We just can't do it right now. The very next month, pastor pulls in the church parsonage 
and backs up a brand new 19-foot yellow and gold and white Skeeter bass boat with one of them new 204-stroke quiet motors on it. Calls me and says, come look what I got. How are you going to handle that? How you handle that? See, you thought, well, I can seem good, but if you can't handle that. Well, I just preach, I preach better than any guy in Bible college. Yeah, but if you can't handle that, you won't even make it long enough to preach that masterpiece. Does that make sense? See, I'm sorry. I'm going to disagree with a lot of people. We're not losing people to charismatic churches because of our doctrine or even holiness standards. We're losing people to charismatic churches because they don't know how to submit to authorities over them. And these charismatic churches just let them go do their own thing. Does that make sense? I don't want you doing that. Just learn to say, no, I can be here. And if it's $238.80 a week, I'll make $238.80 a week. And I went over there and said, man, that is so awesome. I'm so proud for you. Let me know when you need it waxed. I'll wax it for you. I'll make sure it don't rot out. Why? Because I'm going to be a good assistant. If I can't, I'll leave. If I can't, I'll do something else. But if this is what God's called me to do, I'm going to be the best at it that I can be. So don't gripe. And y'all know this. Most of you have been in ministry long. At least know the pastor gets a new car. Must be nice. I got a new pair of shoes one time. And I walked in. You thought I had a brand new Mercedes sitting on my feet. Huh. Must be nice. What kind of shoes are those? Woo. They are $120 at Dillard's. Yeah, man, I, you know, I broke the bank and broke down and got me some. I wore the other ones for three years. You know, sad. And I'm not talking about just to members. I'm talking about to assistants that have become disgruntled because they're no longer happy to what they agreed to be paid for. Boy, that's tough, ain't it? That's what Jesus said. Hey, did you not agree to this much? What's your problem? My problem is somebody else got promoted. My problem is it seems like pastor's the only one getting blessed around here. <laughs> be careful. That's why I said be genuine. See, you'll understand this in a couple of years, but take notes now. John the Baptist said this, he must increase. That's an assistant's role. He must increase. And I must decrease. All right? Number 13, ensure that everything is well with your head. Well, this is a tough one. I wrote this down because I used to do this a lot. And it made me feel insecure until I realized it wasn't out of insecurity. It was out of, understand, I wanted a good working relationship with my pastor. So I'd just make sure, ensure that everything's good. I'd walk in, everything okay? Everything all right? Anything you need from me? Think about it. How many times do you do that? Hey, some of you will be ministers' wives. Can I give you a little heads up? 
How many times do you call your pastor's wife and say, hey, you need anything today? You want to be a good youth pastor's wife or assistant pastor's wife or music director? You you imagine how much volumes it takes if you would say, hey, anything you need today to help make sure that everything's done like it needs to be? I tell our church, it don't take much to shine these days. Can you imagine if you just went one step above everybody else and said, you know what, I'm not going to let it be awkward. Anybody know what I'm talking about when it's awkward? You're the person that's the assistant. The senior pastor should not have to worry about your feelings, so to speak. Now, I'm not saying if you're going through a crisis or whatever, what I mean. But as a pastor, I don't want to wonder, what's wrong with Scooter? Dear God. He should be calling me going, hey, chief, can I help you? How can I help? Why? Because I'm the youth pastor here. How can I help you? Does that make sense? My pastor walks into a room. Hey, you need a seat? Can I get you anything? Need a glass of water? To this day, I'm 41 years old, a senior pastor myself. But my head walked through that door. I'll yield the microphone and make sure he, whatever you need here. And everybody that knows me knows that. Can I help you? He was here preaching for me here a couple weeks ago. He said, I got to stop and get some gas. I said, no, you don't. I got it. He jumps out of the car. I said, I told you I got it. Go get you a Coke or something, or I'll go get it. But I'm pumping gas. You're not pumping gas. You know? Why? Because he's too good to pump. No, he pumps gas all the time, but not when I'm around. Does that make sense? And let me tell you real, real quick. What stops that from happening is we get into believing we deserve. Well, nobody does that for me. And nobody pumped my gas. You're not there yet. And with an attitude like that, you'll never get there. I know we don't like this. I, I get it. You know, it, it, I, I've seen it. And here's our problem. And I've seen it right here in this church. Some man of God, highly famed, like Jeff Arnold or somebody walks in and I get them to preach for me. We've all seen it. There are certain young ministers in this church. Oh, oh Pastor, anything you need? Can I, get, can I take care of your Bible? Can I set you on the front row? You know. But when it's not him, it's like, oh, you don't even want to. Can't get you to turn the light on. You know? Don't be that guy. All right? Number 14. Be genuinely excited at the arrival and involvement of your head in any case. All right? Now, what I mean by this, if they're there, be excited they're there. Why? Because I want them to know me and him are on the same page. Me and her are on the same page. Does that make sense? Understand. And I, I know this sounds crazy, guys, but especially if we're talking about a senior pastor, honor his wife. I'm going to tell you all, it may evangelize. When I evangelize, I evangelized for two years, and I stayed pretty busy for two years, honestly, not bragging or boasting. But you know how I could tell if I'd ever get invited back? 
just going to help you. And I know we don't, it's going to be a podcast that's probably spoiling the news here, but if the pastor's wife liked me, I was coming back. If she didn't like me, adios amigo. Just being honest, you can be proud and arrogant and cocky and rude and all, but when that pastor's wife would walk to our table, yes, ma'am. Oh, anything I can do, you better believe it. Had one pastor's wife took me up on it one time. She said, you think you can wash my car tomorrow? With gladness. (laughs) Why? Well, I got to run to Ellick, which is short for Alexandria, Louisiana. Well, I got to run to Ellick. No problem. I'll be here at 6 in the morning. What time are you leaving? Oh, I was going to try to leave by 7. No worries. I'll have it done by 7. I'll leave the hotel, drive to her house, pull out everything, wash her little BMW. You know? I'm sorry. Volvo. It was a Volvo, not a BMW. Wash her little Volvo. 7 o'clock, she comes out. Hey, have a great day shopping. I'm your friendly evangelist slash butler slash slave slash whatever you need me to be. (laughs) But let me help you. We got ready to close that Sunday night. When are you coming back? Oh, whenever you'll have me. Oh, oh, just, man, we love you around here. Hey, when I left, she packed me cookies. She had little, she had made a roast the Sunday before. Monday morning, she got up early and fried it in little taquitos. Put that roast in little taco shells and deep fried them for me. If you ever never tried that, it's phenomenal. She said, oh, I don't want you going hungry on that hour drive back. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Now, you can walk in. No, ma'am, I don't wash cars. I wash feet. It don't matter to me. I'm in this to make it. (laughs) See, some people don't realize that. It's like, ask yourself now, do you want to make it or do you just want to be another statistic? Because even, I know I'm talking about after Bible college, but even in Bible college, you may be asked to do some things that's going to determine whether you make it. I mean, come on, who don't know somebody that didn't make it through Bible college? Surprise, surprise, right? You know, I mean, we had to create a year certificate just for those type of people. <laughs> Make it. I know I hit a nerve. Somebody in here's got a year certificate. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, whatever. It t- make up in your mind. I will do. Whatever it t- here's what I tell my assistants. I tell them, you know, part of my success, and honestly, I became whatever that pastor needed as long as it didn't cause me to go against my own convictions and morals and ethics. And you know what? Mowing my pastor's yard, if I got a conviction against that, I may need to go pray. You know, I got some. 
You know, I've, I've taken down Christmas decorations. My wife has gotten up in attics. Y'all get this. And organized Christmas decorations, fall decorations, uh, understand Easter decorations, so that when the pastor's wife went up, uh, that she could know exactly what being to pull out of when she got ready to take her Christmas, Easter, birthday decorations down. And you don't think my wife didn't want to come home and say, this is unbelievable. I don't know who she's thinking. Dear God, we don't even have an attic, and i got to organize hers. We lived in a 12 by 60 trailer, 1971 model, that you had to put a towel on the back door because there was a gap. We're letting roaches in this big. Our tree bugs are what Louisiana calls them, but they're roaches in Texas. You know? And we organize in attics. Yeah, you will. Because you want to make it, or you just want to be a statistic. All right, let me hurry. I got to hurry. And, and I'll give you some scripture for that in case you need it. Matthew 10 and 40 says, He that receiveth you, receiveth me. When you receive that pastor's wife, you receive that pastor. Don't separate, though. Let me help you all out in case you don't know this. He will always choose his wife over his assistant. <laughs> Don't pick that battle. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Don't pick, and he's right for doing so. Okay? I, I don't know, I understand some people. It's like, dear God, you ain't coming back. <laughs> All right, hopefully you enjoyed that episode that was a pretty good stopping point right there uh <laughs> talking about the wife and uh definitely you want them to be on your side whether you're preaching out or if you're an assistant you're working full time at the church you definitely want to be in good graces with the wife and the pastor i wrote down a couple of points and uh, don't want to make this episode much longer but i wrote down a couple of points uh that i want to share with you and what I've gotten. Now, so far, you should have made it all the way to number 15 of these nuts and bolts of becoming a good assistant. Uh, things not to do, things to do, and uh, hopefully you've gained a lot of insight on this topic. Uh, one thing I want to really point out and just kind of grasp the whole picture of this and what I have uh, seen and what I've heard in this whole picture, and it's really <laughs> probably not what a lot of people want to hear but this whole picture to me in being a good assistant or just being a good leader in the church and representing your pastor and your church well, to me the whole picture is summed up into one true statement, and that is true submission. That we must submit ourselves to our authority. And really, that's really what it boils down to. I realize a lot of this is nuts and bolts and things that we could practice. Some things, honestly, that uh, we wouldn't know until we have the knowledge. I'll give you a quick example. Uh, one time, I was asked to call. Of course, I am an assistant to the pastor at our Winnie campus. And I was asked to call and check on a saint from my pastor. But instead of saying, hey, pastor wanted me to check on you, I called and say, hey, so-and-so, how you doing? And I honestly didn't know 
uh, how to represent or present pastor, I felt like I was just being obedient without that knowledge of knowing what to say and realizing that, hey, I'm representing pastor. I didn't just get it. In other words, I didn't just assume and assume correctly. I assumed incorrectly and was corrected. Thank God I was corrected because now if I go and do a hospital call, hey, pastor just wanted me to check on you. Uh, just wanted you to know he, he loves you. Uh, even lately, I've been asked to do a Bible study for him. First thing out of my mouth when I walk in to do that Bible study is say, Hey, hey, Pastor, couldn't make it tonight. He is so sorry. He was planning on making it, and uh, he, he really was, but some you know some things came up, so he sent me, and Pastor loves you. Pa- I want you to know, Pastor, Pastor wanted me to tell you that he loves you and he cares about you. I honestly didn't get that when I started a year ago, didn't understand. In fact, I went and checked on someone in the hospital while Pastor was out of town, and uh, just got a call from another member. Hey, my dad's in the hospital. So I ran over there to, to check on him and didn't think I could represent pastor. Now, I'm telling on myself, but I realize these failures and these these uh, attempts of, of just trying to be a good person and trying to be a good assistant, and there's small things that I was missing. And I really needed to be made aware and glad I was made aware. And uh, that's the way kind of our relationship is. I told him, hey, I can handle it. Just come to me. <laughs> Tell me what I need to fix. Tell me what I, I can work on. And really, all of us, this is what I'm, I want to get back to. All of us that are trying to help our pastor or trying to help a church must realize we have to be submitted, no matter what. And true submission, and I know you've heard this before, but true submission is not just when you agree, but it's when you even disagree. Well, he's the head. This is what he's decided. So we've got to go with this. It doesn't matter what I think. He's the head. That's what true submission is. And nobody wants to hear that, even on a husband and a wife standpoint. Well, he's the head. And if he's following Christ, and as far as I know, he's he's following Christ. So let me follow him. Um, one of the things he said was, don't use your pastor as a bad illustration for a bad example. And that is so true. Don't use him as a bad illustration or even just to make a funny joke. Just don't even do it. Represent your pastor well. And, and when, you know, when we are on the same team, I want, I want to point this out and, and we'll be finished with this episode, but we are on the same team. Does everybody realize that? That although there is a head, we are all on the same team. Me, Pastor and I, we are on the same team. We are doing this work together. And all of, in all of that, there is one team, but there is one head. Remember, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, you may say, hey, I have my own relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't believe in all that headship business. I don't believe in all that, but... The truth is we've got to get this in our spirit. We're on the same team. Whatever church you're going to, whoever's your pa- whoever your pastor is, realize he is the head or she is the head. Whoever the pastor is, they are the head. But we're on the same team. This ain't a one-man show. My pastor needs me. And better yet, let me back up. My pastor needs me to be on his team. He don't need me to be a loose cannon and be off by myself and doing my own thing. He don't need me 
uh, you know, trying to grow my own church. We're on the same team trying to grow a church here at three campuses. We're trying to do the same thing. And this, what you know, Paul came to this conclusion when he said, hey, some water, some plant, but God gives the increase, and you can kind of feel that principle. We're on the same team. We're all following Christ together, but there is one head. There is one visionary. There is one man of God. You can look out through the whole Bible. God in the Old Testament spoke to one man. You know what we see in the Bible. We know he there was other prophets. We know that. But he spoke to one man for what we have written in the Bible. He spoke to one man. And that man spoke to Israel or to Judah. So the truth is, we're all on the same team, just like the Old Testament. We're all doing the same thing. And you don't get me wrong. If I'm off trying to grow my own church, may I, it looks like ministry. It sounds like ministry. It even feels like ministry. It may be ministry. But it's not in the will of God. We have a youth group, and our youth group went from five five young people to zero last year. And so we're plugging away. I, I just started full-time, and our youth group went down to zero. And so we're, we're trying to grow a youth group. And from zero to trying to have four or five on Friday, and, and then we went from four or five to six or seven, eight or nine, ten, eleven, and twelve last Friday. Just trying to get some kids here, trying to get the Word of God in them, trying to let them have fun. And you know what? In all of that, I could say, I could beat my chest and say, look look at what God's doing in my ministry, in my ministry. <laughs> I could say that. But I know the goal. I know we're on the same team. I know the goal of the team is to grow a church, not a youth group. And yes, the youth group is part of the church. But what I've realized, I've been in youth ministry for five years, what I've realized is if I'm not pointing young people to my pastor, then I'm failing. Somewhere, these young people are going to graduate. Hopefully, when they graduate, they go to a college career. But even in that college career, hopefully, they are being pointed to pastor. Even now, as a young as young people, as students, I, I hope they know and get to know who pastor is. I got a young man that I'm working on. I want to invite him to come with us on Friday as we work together at pastor's house. It's hard work. It's working cows. It's working on the farm. And, you know, if you're not from Texas, but this is what we do over here. And <laughs> it's not it's not easy work, but I have a young person that I want to get around my pastor. He's starting to come around. He's starting to come on Sundays. He's starting to be committed, and I want him to get around my pastor. I want him to have a relationship with him. I've been with the man for 13 years. I was a young person when he started. I can tell you of countless times we've he has helped me, been in the office with me, counseled with me. He's invested in me. What what would it would be a slap in the face for me after 13 years to try to start my own ministry and do my own thing under the guise of, hey, some water, some plant. I'm just over here trying to water, that's all. I'm just trying to grow my church. The truth is, we are on the same team, and we've got to get that in our spirit. Submission must be priority. 
Submission must be priority. Accountability to your pastor must be a priority. Represent your pastor well. If you could, I, I believe this. If you think in your head, "Hey, I'm I'm representing him in every faucet, in every way, in every avenue, whether I'm going to the hospital, or I'm calling somebody, or or whether I'm leading a youth group or preaching out, I'm representing my pastor. I'm representing my head." How much more could our churches grow and even operate in peace? How much more could how much stress could you alleviate off your pastor if he knew his leadership, his team was with him? They weren't against him. They weren't off and and I'll say this, another thing is pastors make it plain for your leaders. Don't be afraid, don't shy away. Make it plain. I need it. I need it. As a as an assistant to the pastor, I need it to be plain so I know what to do. I know what's expected of me. And I'm not I may not be like I may frustrate him more because he has to communicate to me and and make it plain, but I can't read minds. Your leaders can't read minds. Make it known, hey, this is our vision. This is what we're doing. And we're doing this together. Your pastor needs you. Don't don't be don't don't let hell lie. You know your pastor needs you. I don't care who you are, where you are listening. Your pastor needs you. He needs you to get on board. He needs you to be committed, committed to growing, committed to growing yourself, committed to being a person of character, of someone who's on time, someone who is communicating, someone especially if you're in leadership. He's the head. I don't care what department you're over. He is the head. Those are his young people. Those 12 kids that I went to the Friday night football game to invite to our fifth quarter event, those are our pastor's young people because he's going to give an account for those young people. Realize we are on the same team. Amen. God bless you today. Hope you enjoyed this episode, part two. Hey, part three is coming hopefully next week. And uh, you'll hear from us uh, for part number three. And listen, if you haven't already, hit subscribe, hit like, share this on Facebook, guys. This is this is priceless content that you're getting. And I don't mean from me. I mean from Pastor Vickery. This is priceless. You're, you can just skip over my stuff. This is priceless. And again, every name that is mentioned, these names are fictional in, in every story. Not all the names are the stories are true and listen this book this book is amazing called loyalty and disloyalty by dag heward mills go pick it up it's an amazing book it'll help you i promise you it'll help you god bless you today we'll see you on part number three